Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of Sports Yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello again, I'm John Gidley, and welcome to another trip into the football attic. Since today is Christmas Day, I thought it would be fitting to spend today's episode looking back on the first National Football League games to be played on Christmas, and the circumstances that led to those games being the only ones of their kind for almost 20 years. Today, we're going back to 1971. First, a little backstory. Over the NFL's first 50 years, if the season was still in progress by the time December 25th rolled around, they would move heaven and earth to avoid playing on the holiday, Specifically, if it fell on a Sunday, they never had any problem playing on Christmas Eve, but Christmas Day was untouchable. As a result, in this, the era before the Super Bowl, two NFL championship games were played on a Monday, December 26th. The first was in 1955, when the Browns beat the Rams in Los Angeles, and the second was in 1960, when the Eagles beat the Packers in Philadelphia. That game kicked off at 12 noon as the Eagles' home stadium, Franklin Field, did not have serviceable lights and the league didn't want to run into such an issue should the game have gone into overtime. In 1971, as the NFL was crafting the upcoming schedule, they decided to buck tradition and schedule games for Christmas Day, which fell on a Saturday that year. But not just any games. The 1971 divisional round of the playoffs would begin on Christmas. Reactions were mixed. Most were indifferent, but some chastised the league for playing on a holiday. There would be no wavering, however. After the regular season concluded, the first pro football Christmas games were scheduled. The Cowboys would play the Vikings in Minnesota, followed by the Dolphins against the Chiefs in Kansas City. In that first game, an irresistible force would meet an immovable object. The Dallas Cowboys' league-leading offense that had scored almost 30 points per game would face the Minnesota Vikings' league-leading defense that had allowed just under 10 points per game. Something had to give on a typically cold day at Metropolitan Stadium. In the first half, Minnesota won the battle, as did the defensive unit of Dallas. Only field goals were scored over the first two quarters, and the Cowboys led at intermission 6-3. The third quarter saw the offense score just enough points needed for a victory. Dwayne Thomas ran for a 13-yard touchdown, and Roger Staubach threw a 9-yard scoring pass to Bob Hayes to give Dallas a 20-3 lead, entering the fourth quarter. The Purple People Eaters scored two points of their own as Alan Page sacked Staubach in his own end zone for a safety, and the offense tacked on a touchdown with a 6-yard pass from Gary Quazo to Stu Voigt but this wasn't enough to overcome the two third-quarter scores. When the gun sounded, the Cowboys had won 20-12 on their way to their first of five Super Bowl victories in franchise history. They actually outperformed the Vikings' defense that day by forcing five turnovers. Quazzo threw two interceptions after relieving starting quarterback Bob Lee, who threw two of his own. Jethro Pugh also recovered a fumble by Minnesota running back Dave Osborne. Now that one game was in the books, it was on to Kansas City for the Chiefs against the Miami Dolphins. KC had just won the Super Bowl two seasons earlier over Minnesota, while Miami was making just their second postseason appearance in their young history. This figured to be a game of defense, as both teams were in the league's top five in that category. 
Instead, the offenses combined for 20 points in the first half. A Jan Stenerud field goal and a 7-yard touchdown pass from Len Dawson to Ed Podolak gave the Chiefs a 10-0 lead after one quarter, and the Dolphins responded with 10 points of their own in the second, on a 1-yard touchdown run by Larry Zonka and a short Garrow Yapremian field goal. The two teams exchanged 1-yard scoring plunges in the third quarter, Jim Otis for Kansas City and Jim Kick for Miami, to send a 17-17 game into what was believed to be its final quarter. In the fourth, Ed Podolak, no doubt the star of the game for the Chiefs, scored his second touchdown of the game on a three-yard run. The Dolphins would soon tie the game on a five-yard touchdown pass from Bob Greasy to Marv Fleming. With one minute and 25 seconds to play, Podolak continued his Herculean performance by taking the kickoff 78 yards all the way to Miami's 22-yard line. When all was said and done, he tallied 350 all-purpose yards, 110 receiving, 85 rushing, 154 on kickoff returns, and two yards on punts. This remains a single-game playoff record. Jan Stenerud came out to try what would have likely been the winning field goal, but it sailed wide right, keeping the game tied. The final play of regulation saw the invocation of a seldom-observed rule. The Chiefs' Dennis Holman called for a fair catch of a Larry Seipel punt. This gave Kansas City the option of a fair kick, what amounted to a 68-yard field goal. Not only would this have won the game, it would have beaten out the NFL record for longest field goal by five yards, a record set a season earlier by the Saints' Tom Dempsey. Legendary head coach Hank Stram considered this, but decided against it. Because if the kick was short, Dolphins' return man Mercury Morris would be eligible to field it, and Stram feared that Morris could score. Thus, the game was sent to overtime, which was still a rarity in this era. Regular season overtime wouldn't be introduced for another three years, and this was only the fourth pro football playoff game ever to necessitate an extra period. As you might expect, Ed Podolak began overtime by putting the Chiefs in great field position, taking the kickoff to their 46-yard line. A few plays later, Jan Stenerud attempted a 42-yard field goal, but it was blocked. Later on, Garo Yapremian attempted a 52-yarder, which was short. Other than those two instances, there were no other scoring opportunities in the fifth period, which sent the game to double overtime, only the second of its kind to that point. Period number six would not last long. Shortly after it began, Larry Zonka broke off a 29-yard run that set up a 37-yard field goal attempt. Garo Yapremian's kick sailed through the uprights, and after 82 minutes and 40 seconds had gone by on the game clock, the Dolphins won their first playoff game in franchise history, 27-24. After an AFC Championship game shutout victory over the Baltimore Colts, Miami advanced to their first-ever Super Bowl, which they lost to Dallas, 24-3. Even though this has never actually been proven, the story goes that many families across America were upset not only at the NFL's decision to play on Christmas, but the fact that the game that had started at 4 o'clock Eastern time went into double overtime, supposedly interfering with Christmas dinner plans. This all could have been avoided, by the way, had the league decided to start the 1971 regular season a week earlier. That way, there wouldn't have been any games on Christmas. Instead, the season didn't begin until September 19th. 1976 was the next instance in which there could have been a repeat of the situation. Instead, the NFL began that season on September 12th. That playoff game in Kansas City was the last time there would be pro football on Christmas Day until 1989. In the 18 years in between, four playoff games were played on a Monday, December 26th. Obviously, the league hasn't had a problem playing on Christmas since then. In fact, there's a game today, Minnesota against New Orleans. Just goes to show you how much things have changed over the last 50 years, all because of a double overtime playoff game. Thanks for joining me for this trip into the football attic, and I hope to see you again next week. In the meantime, check out all the other great podcasts here on the Sports History Network, and follow me on Twitter at JFG Sports. From all of us here at the Sports History Network, have a very Merry Christmas.
This is John Gedley. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude. And I hope that you enjoyed this recent episode presented by the Sports History Network and were able to learn some good old-fashioned sports history knowledge nuggets. I started the Sports History Network back in 2020 with the mission to help podcasters find a community of like-minded sports history nerds as well as helping aspiring podcasters to start their own shows. We have a little bit over 30 shows on the network right now covering all sorts of sports history, but as far as I'm concerned, we're just at the toothpick in the ocean moment, you know, that can't even figure it out because there's so much more coming. We wanted to create the ultimate headquarters for sports yesteryear, starting with Podcast Network and our website, but we're going to continue to move into other mediums as well. And here's the cool part, because we want you to be part of our team. So if you're interested in starting your own podcast, or maybe being a guest on one of our shows, or who knows, maybe even writing an article for us over on the website. Seriously, all you got to do is reach out to us on the contact page over at Sports. HistoryNetwork.com. You can be as technologically savvy as a Neanderthal tapping on a stone trying to figure out this whole hieroglyphics thing back in the day. Again, it doesn't matter, because even if you don't understand the whole podcast space, we have a production team that can pretty much help you out with doing everything. All you gotta do, head over to SportsHistoryNetwork.com, head to the contact page, fill it out. That message goes right to me, and I'll reach out to you as soon as I can. But for now, dude, I'm through if you're through.